Hey everybody, welcome back to Good Game. It's your boy Justin here with Ryan and Tori. Thanks so much for listening in. We are back with a brand new episode, so thank you for checking in. Today we are going to be talking about the 2021 NFL Draft, which wrapped up about a month ago, so we've had a lot of time to digest it, look over it, run through it like a fine-tooth comb, and figure out who did good, who did bad, and who just didn't try at all. But before we get into that, we do need to do a quick follow-up from our last episode, which was all about the NBA playoffs. Playoffs in full swing. It's a lot of great basketball. And there have been a lot of picks that have not gone our way. Is there anything the two of you want to say before the roast begins? i just like to jump in here and say, I know we all really, really knew in our heart of hearts that the Washington Wizards were going to make it all the way. Jesus fucking Christ. And they did lose to the 76ers in the first round of the playoffs. Handily. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Big upset for me. I I was shocked (laughs) personally. And I think you guys can relate. So that's that's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. I hate it. I hate it here. (laughs) What in the hell? Ryan, do you want to uh, piggyback on that then? You got anything else you want to? We're going to get our Wizards content out of the way now and then not bringing it up again for for another goddamn five months because they're done. Hey, my my pick with the, the Wizards worked out. I said they were going to make it out of the playing game. I said they were going to make it to the first round, and then they lost, How dare which you? I thought was going to happen. So <laughs> I, I never thought they were going to make it further than that. I was just trying to defend Russ because... I felt like I needed to. You did say he was going to be the MVP, and he was not a finalist. Which was devastating for my my entire uh, credibility. But I, you know, I, I still believe it. I still think he's not getting enough credit. But the thing that I thought was interesting was that the, the thing we had talked about, how the Lakers did make it out of the playing game and then lost in the first round. I thought that was best case scenario. The fact that they played essentially two years of basketball with maybe a two-month break in between really caught up with them, which is a shame. And I think it really shows that in a lot of ways, like they're not an ensemble team. They are star driven. They are, Mm -hmm. you know, it's AD LeBron are out, you know, Caruso has a hard day. Like Schroeder, (laughs) Schroeder like plays when he wants to Caldwell Pope's just yelling shit from the side. Like it was a mess. And it just shows that there's not a lot of copacetic, teamwork and it's a lot of just individuals playing basketball with the same jerseys on. <laughs> a lot of individuals playing basketball with the same jerseys on i like that i do like how the suns did it though the team that i am rooting for ended up beating the lakers so i am hopeful that they can continue doing it that's true the suns shout out to Dude. booker oh, man holy he killed it yeah devin booker is just like a man possessed out there him and Trey Young, my God. I, none of us had the Hawks doing what they did. True. They've been out of control. I think something else that needs to be noted is that Justin picked the Lakers to go to the finals, and they got beat 4-2 to two in the first round, and that makes me giggle. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you have a giggle at, the, at Anthony <laughs> Davis on the floor in pain. I never said I giggled about that. Yeah. I said I giggled. But we also did say we knew he was going to get injured somehow. <laughs> That's true. We did predict his injury. Justin, what I'm hearing is that you, I'm sorry, you lo- you love LeBron James more than any other athlete that's ever played the game, I think is what I'm hearing. 
Oh no! Everybody he, knows he loves LeBron as a concept. I do as a concept, as, as, a, a concept. <laughs> as a concept, as an idea. I love it. I love it. But everyone knows my favorite two athletes are Michael Jordan and Simone Biles. Well, I do think we all were wrong and all shocked to see Curry not making an appearance mm. in the playoffs. Our boy Steph. Oh yeah, Steph. Steph, he didn't make it. Oh man. Presumably the best scorer in the league. We we all we all got that wrong. I'd say. Again, even though they lost, watching him is still one of the greatest things to just be mm-hmm. able to do in basketball, like watch him play. It's unfortunate we can't watch him play more in the playoffs, but I mean, even just being able to watch him in the playoffs for, you know, the two games yeah. or whatever is still awesome. If you weren't a fan of basketball, and I hope you got a chance to see the two games in which Steph Curry played in the playoffs, because <laughs> grand opening, grand closing, uh, you won't be seeing him until October, I guess. I don't know what the NBA is doing with their schedule now. It's so I know they started late, but now the finals, they used to be in June, which we're in now, but now they're in July. And I'm like, is this just a permanent change that the league is going to go to? Or are we going to revert back to like starting at the end of October like usual? I just don't know what we're doing anymore right. with the NBA. I also think, too, I don't know, as dumb as I think the play-in was, it did what the NBA wanted to do, and you had so many people watching these great teams play, which is, like, what they wanted, you know? Yeah, I'm sure John Morant got a couple new jersey sales out of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I feel like like that's what they wanted. It was such a money grab, and I feel like we got to get used to this now. Oh, yeah. They're, like, trying to figure out a midseason tournament. They want to do, like, how soccer does in other countries and do, like, an invitational. What? But for that, I do have a proposition. Hear me out. I don't even want good teams. Just have every team send in their tallest, most awkward player, put them in the bubble, and let them have a week of skills competitions. Like, imagine Big Bobon going against Taco Fall one-on-one. Two eleven inside the bubble for a trophy that is way too small for their hands. Would this be like a combine, Justin? Yeah. Oh, just, they're doing like sprints and yes, I want like layups. Do, I want to do layup lines. I need wind sprints. I need. I need to know what their actual vertical leap is. Everybody's going to be in a game of thirty three every day. It's going to be like my childhood. You know, every summer you get out there, you play some thirty three. You get a quick rest, you get some lunch, back out there for 33. Man, those were the days, man. Tell me you wouldn't watch just a bunch of big men awkwardly try and handle the ball. Like, they're playing full court. They got to play full court. None of that half-court stuff. Man, that's like basketball underwater, man. That's just, that's, that's got to be, like, it'd be funny at the start. But, like, after a while, you're like, really? That's as fast as they can go? All right. I'm just well, saying, man. All right, all right, Taco. I see you, man. But, come on, you got to pick it ball, up. Ball, ball versus Mo Bamba. <laughs> Imagine the matchups. Get one of the Lopez brothers out there. It'll be fantastic basketball to watch. And by fantastic, I mean mediocre at best. <laughs> Well, guys, are there any more mistaken predictions that we want to clarify, or are we good? No, we had some more mistakes, but I think we're, you know, <laughs> those, those are the big ones. <laughs> yeah, I don't want us to look any less like experts, so I think we can move forward. Great. Well, folks, if you listened to our very first episode, you know that we do a segment known as the Two Minute Warning In this segment, each of us will pick a recent bit of news in the sports world, give our take on it, and discuss it. I'm going to throw it to Ryan first. Ryan, give us your two-minute warning, my friend. All right. So my 
topic that I want to cover is the fact that the Chicago Cubs and Chicago White Sox are both at the top of their division in baseball right now, their respective divisions. I think it is absolutely wild after the awful start to the season that both of these teams had, that they are both either leading their division or are tied for the lead. I think it's just really cool because at the start of the season, everybody from both sides was kind of like, what the heck is going on? For the Cubs, it's cool because unless they make a bunch of signings and contract moves where like these guys get extended, this is probably the last year where they stand a chance to do anything before they have to blow up the team. The White Sox still have their best days in front of them. I feel like the next couple of seasons are going to be pretty dominant based on who they have, but I think it's awesome and wild at the same time that both of these teams are leading their divisions. Okay, so let's just say it now. Are you predicting a Northside Southside World Series? I don't think it's going to happen. I would absolutely love for it to happen for the city of Chicago. I think it would be the coolest yeah. thing to actually see that because y'all, I live in Wrigleyville. I live. They'll burn. They'll burn my apartment building down. <laughs> I mean, you'll get a settlement. We thought that was going to happen after the. Yeah, I was going to say it. After like a hundred something years, they barely did anything. It was like light property damage. That's fair. That's fair. Somebody threw like a trash can through the nuts on Clark window and that was it. Like, <laughs> that, was, that, that was the major thing that it happened. It was fine. But light yeah, property damage. It was, you know, it was crazy to think because we, that was honestly a real possibility that people thought was going to happen a couple of years ago. But yeah. yeah, it, I don't know. I think it would just be really cool. I don't think it's going to happen by any stretch of the imagination, but I would love for it to happen. I really only wanted I only wanted to happen so Lori Lightfoot can get booed at whatever game she attends. <laughs> yeah, that's truly the only hundred percent. Do you remember like when the Nationals were in like the World Series and then Trump pulled up to a game and they just yeah. booed him out of the stadium? Annihilated. I want it. that yeah. literally every game of that series to happen to Lori Lightfoot. Like literally every game, her to just show up and get booed regardless of who she's rooting for or anything. It's also so interesting because I feel like those two fan bases could not be more different. Mm, 100%. So, because so 100%. many, I mean, for those folks who are listening outside of Chicago, Wrigley Field is essentially right in the middle of the north side. And often the people who go to Cubs games just live in Lakeview and on the north side. And they just decided to be Cubs fans because it's fashionable. Yeah. And... It's not really trendy to be a White Sox fan like it is trendy to be a Cubs fan. So most of their fan base are folks who have actually been fans for a long time and are have some mm-hmm. emotional relationship to the team. So that'll be interesting to see how that progresses and kind of see how the fans show up in that way. Brian, I know you are a Cubs fan and slightly biased, but I must ask you both a very important question that has been weighing on my mind for a long time. Are Cubs fans the worst dressed fans in baseball? The worst dressed? Yes. It could definitely be argued that they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's so evolved of you. Ryan. I was gonna say. Yeah. It could it could definitely be argued that they are. I'm not gonna try and defend the fashion sense of any of these people. Like I don't know what it is. I Tori lives in Lakeview and I work in Lakeview. So like on my lunch break, there's occasionally an afternoon game and like I don't know what it is with Cubs fans. They are obsessed with tucking their jerseys into their cargo shorts, which is a no-no. A no-no. It's a no. It's the biggest no-no. And then they'll have, like, quarter-leg Nike socks all the way up. 
with like chubbies truly just like some all birds and i'll be like what is happening what are you guys doing my favorite is the um the cubs hawaiian shirt Ooh, you like that more than the cubs tie-dye oh i honestly cubs tie-dye i could stand the cubs hawaiian shirt <laughs> is the ugliest garment i think i've ever seen oh yeah, yeah i mean don't get me wrong, like a majority of the people who, like Justin was saying and Tori, you guys were saying, a majority of the people who go to Cubs games are a bunch of young 20-year-olds who want to get hammered and just hang out for the day. There obviously are, after like a hundred and something year history of not, you know, winning the series, the fact that like there are a lot of people who still love the team and like yeah. are have been huge fans for a while. I, sure. I agree with you. It is trendy to be a Cubs fan, but no, like, all, all the people who go to these games, like, I agree with you guys, like, look like idiots. Like, most people who go to these games are just wearing ridiculous attire and with jerseys that are eight sizes too big for them and <laughs> are just walking around very drunk in Wrigleyville and are more about going, just being in mm-hmm. that area and drinking than actually going and supporting the team and being at the game. It also doesn't help that. After games, Wrigley is riddled with men in their 40s and 50s drunkenly fighting each other shirtless over an old style. So that doesn't help their case either, I would say. (laughs) They're all drunk and incredibly sunburned. (laughs) Yes. I will not defend people who go to Cubs games. Yeah, they... Most of them look like trash. It's it's just something that happened. I haven't been to enough games (laughs) to justifiably say otherwise, but I... Because they cost a hundred freaking dollars now. You can't even afford to go see the Cubs play anymore. Yeah. It's insane. I remember when I first moved to Chicago, they they were like, you're buying a ticket, just walk in, man. Just sit wherever you want. I was so excited to go to Wrigley. I walked up to the ticket thing and they were like, eh, just get in, man. Like, first time, I was like, yeah. And they were like, just go. I felt like I was in a movie. (laughs) Now I can't even walk on the block without getting charged for something. It's insane. I will give this to Wrigley. The best part of going to a Cubs game is the outfield wall at Wrigley is brick. And covered in ivy. And covered in ivy. Most other stadiums, it's padding. It's soft. So when outfielders catch these balls and they run into the brick and they play for the other, the away team, they forget that it's brick. And it's very funny to watch them full velocity hit this brick wall. So that's what I will give Wrigley Field. Big fan of slapstick comedy, Tori Wynn here. (laughs) 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 Tori, do you want to go next? I would love to go next. So guys, my two-minute warning is going to be about Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka is a tennis player. She's actually the highest paid female athlete in the world, which is pretty crazy. And most recently, Naomi withdrew from the French Open after being fined $15,000 for not, uh, for skipping a news conference, mm-hmm. essentially. She claimed that she was dropping out of the French Open due to mental health reasons. And I think the, the very, the excellent and interesting part of this is that her brands are backing her mm. in this. They are defending her. Love to see it. Yeah, you love to see it. And I... I guess my my take on that is we are coming into a new era where we're seeing athletes for more than just, you know, shut up and dribble. Mm-hmm. These are full human beings that deal with, oh, shockingly, the same mental health mm-hmm. issues that we do. Mm-hmm. 
and obviously playing in one of the largest tennis tournaments in the world might not be the healthiest choice for your own mental health. And there's also rumors that she's going to sit Wimbledon out Mm -hmm. this year, which would be even crazier. And, you know, Serena has come out and backed her as well. They are good friends. Mm. And it's just very interesting to see how this will play out and what this will mean for other athletes. I just don't understand what press conference is worth $15,000. No question that has ever been asked in any press conference of all time is worth that much money, okay? How did you feel about your performance is not... She could tweet it, baby. She doesn't need to be in a press conference, okay? I hate that she has to bear the burden of this consistently because I feel like last year, everybody got up in their stuff about her wearing Say Their Name or Black Lives Matter on like a face mask at tournaments and people gave her a whole thing about that. And it's truly just someone trying to express themselves and using their platform for good and bringing knowledge to people. Now, we're drawing... From the tournament, it's like she's not making the choices to be the person at the front of this. But sadly, she now it almost feels like she has to be, which sucks so bad. She's just not really an extrovert. You can tell when someone does not enjoy talking to a bunch of strangers about tennis or her performance or random things that truly don't deserve the time of day. God, she's in her early 20s. She's 23. She's so young. Yeah. Of all the things, imagine being 23 years old and having to spend a quarter of your day doing interview after interview and question after question and same question after same question. When that's not, I don't think anybody gets into tennis or sports to answer questions. Right. And to kind of make that parallel, Justin, it's like, okay, you get fined if you don't do a press conference. So it's like, no, you have to talk. You have to talk. Mm -hmm. But then if you're political or you're fighting for Black Lives Matter, or if, you know, fighting for any social justice issue, it's like, no, don't talk. We just want you to play. Mm-hmm. So, and that happens especially with women, yep. especially yeah. with black athletes. And the other end of that is, remember last year when mm-hmm. the NBA painted Black Lives Matter on the court? You know, these guys were getting praise for putting Breonna Taylor's name on their jerseys and all these things. They're praised. And then 100%. Naomi does the same thing and is just completely demonized for it. And there's so many layers to that. And I'm just so sympathetic to her. Mm -hmm. And I really hope this, Mm -hmm. it's a shame that she has to bear this burden, but if this shows any change Mm -hmm. that's happening, I think that's a net, net positive in my book. I agree. I think what she's doing is awesome. Like you said, Tori, like you watch any post game press conference and it's like these people whoever these athletes just went out and played and are exhausted after playing whatever they've done, whatever sport they're playing, and they have to come back and then answer a bunch of questions the same way that arguably they've been answering them in every other interview. You can predict what's going to be happening in any of these interviews. So like the fact that she's going out there and saying like, no, I don't want to do that because it's, you know, it's not good for me. It is not healthy for me to keep doing that. I think it's great that she's taking a stand against that stuff too, because as we're seeing like more and more athletes are coming out and saying like they deal with the same type of stuff. So I think it's great she's doing it. it sucks that she's getting all this backlash and her career, her first win against Serena Williams back in 2018, she was 20 years old at the time. She wins her first like major 
tournament and she gets booed afterwards Mm -hmm. because there was something related to like a a call on the court with the ref and then like Serena, her and the referee like had words talking about a call that was made. But then for Naomi to get booed afterwards, like it should be like the happiest moment in her Mm -hmm. career. And she has to start off on that bad note. So like it sucks for her that she's had to deal with it from basically the beginning of her winning career to be like, all right, I got booed at the start and now yeah there are people who are getting mad at me because i'm doing something that is healthy for me and then it just i feel for her that she has to go through all of this stuff as a 23 year old and has been going through it for a long time i think it's great that she's able to do it and Mm -hmm. take a stand for it and that these companies are coming out i agree with you guys it's it just sucks that she's the one who is taking the brunt of all this stuff Mm -hmm. and i think my hope is that this doesn't push her out of the sport, you know, because she is so young Mm -hmm. and she, I mean, she's got 15, 15 years and that's, or more, right? Like to, to play this game Mm -hmm. and she's already (laughs) at the top of it. So it would just be such a shame if this alienated her from it. And I just hope that we give her grace so that we do get to see her Mm. play again. That's my take. Justin. You love Justin's two-minute warnings. What you got for us this week, Just? So, I actually have something slightly somber here because it is grand opening and grand closing on the basketball career of Burwandian Patriots BBC small forward Jermaine Cole, better known as J. Cole. (laughs) Truly a somber somber moment here, Justin. Thank you for uh, bringing this Mm -hmm. to our attention. Yeah, yeah, everyone, if you're listening right now, if you've got any sort of liquid next to you, just grab it and pour one out. For Jermaine here, in his three games, he played 45 minutes, gave you a solid five points, three assists, five rebounds. Uh, I mean, that's that's all-star, that's all-star caliber. Yeah, I mean, he's not setting the world on fire, but listen, the effort, man, the effort that you put in, that work you put in, it shows. I will say this, he signed to appear in a minimum of three games. He gave you the three games, then he said, I'm out, you know, like a shoe champion. Had a real Mamba mentality out there. I love the idea of like, I only do what I signed up to do. I gave you your three games, I'm out. Yeah. See ya. I mean, the team went two and one. The team went two and one <laughs> while he was on the team. So why would you not bring him back if he wants to come back? But we'll see, man. 66.6% there, I guess. Yeah, listen. If he had more time, the Washington Wizards would kill to have a 66% win percentage. I just hope he comes back one day, maybe thinks about this very quick retirement, maybe take some time, find another love. I mean, Michael Jordan came back a couple times. Maybe Cole comes back. I think he's still got some basketball in him. Man, comparing J. Cole to Michael Jordan's career, what a what a wild take from somebody who not a, only a couple minutes ago said that Michael Jordan was his favorite athlete, one of his favorite athletes of all time. <laughs> You know what? Greatness is something you see in people, and when you see it, you know. Can you give the commencement address at uh, when I graduate from college? Absolutely. If only we could see <laughs> his greatness in the music he's made in the last eight years. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. J. Cole's new album is fire, and I am not a J. Cole fan. It's good. It's good. It's not, you know, Forest Hills Drive, right? It's not Sideline Story. What? I... I mean, you know what? Blow up my DMs. I think it's better. Ooh. I think it's his best work. Hot take alert. You heard it here, folks. I think it's Hot his best take. work. You heard it here. I think it's his best work. Ho. Oh. I mean, I know this isn't a music podcast, but. All right, folks. Justin Swinson, 
on Instagram. The real Justin Swinson. Hit him up. That is not it. It's not. Never mind. It is Swin underscore Swin <laughs> underscore. Come at me, rap nerds. I dare you. <laughs> now that I've alienated our fan base, what's next? All right, everybody, time to dive into today's main point of the show. We are going to be talking about the NFL draft, which just occurred not too long ago here. We've taken a look at all the picks, every single last one of them, over all three days of the draft. We're going to tell you what we like, what we didn't like, and honestly, what to look out for moving forward, because believe you me, before we know it, football will be back. But before we look forward, it is always wise to look back. At what happened last year in the NFL season, honestly, it was a little bit of something new and a little bit of the same old thing at the very end through it all, through Cleveland somehow finally putting it together and being good, through Buffalo finally figuring it out and doing something good. In the Super Bowl, we had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going against the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of people thought Mahomes would be the one to finally knock off old Tom, but What Tom Brady does in Super Bowls is win as long as Eli Manning is not there. And that's what he did. The Bucs are coming into this new year looking to go back to back. I mean, they pretty much have the same exact team from last year. So they're just as dangerous as ever. Their real only opponent is time, I guess, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, who going to stop them at this point is kind of my question just because they didn't really have to improve. They were the best team there. If anything, everybody else has to catch up to them. So that's pretty much where we are with the end of that season going into this new year. The beauty of the NFL draft is truly anything can happen and teams typically at the bottom of them are not the best teams, but they can make some moves that can easily have them jump the line. And going into that more, we have our boy, Professor Ryan, with a quick little history lesson on the NFL draft. Ryan, take it away. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. Uh, so the NFL draft, the first one was in 1936. It was actually suggested in 1934 by, at that time, Philadelphia Eagles owner, Burt Bell. So, Tori, it came about because of the Philadelphia Eagles. So I know you are so happy about that. Oh, fuck them. He... <laughs> <laughs> He wanted there to be a draft in order to avoid teams that didn't have as much money being able to get all of the good players onto their team. So the draft was created in order to kind of level the playing field between each of these teams to make sure that the teams who didn't have quite as much money could afford to get these better players on their team. Socialism. (laughs) (laughs) So the first one was in 1936. The Eagles got the first pick and they selected at the time Heisman Trophy winner Jay Burwanger from the University of Chicago, who decided that he did not want to play in the Professional Football League and instead decided to go into a career as a foam rubber salesman. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> right? It's, it's an interesting career. Uh, that was what he chose to do. I'm sure it was popular at the time, but that's what he chose to do. Are we sure that person is not related to Tori, who would rather <laughs> get into a whole other field than play in Philadelphia? Yeah, for real. You may want to ancestry them real quick, Tori. That may be your people. Just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> what is interesting about this, too, with 
him choosing to do that, only 24 of the 81 players that were chosen in the first draft actually played in the NFL and went on to play. The rest of them chose to go in other careers because they were more stable and paid more. So at the time, the NFL was didn't pay very much, and obviously it still is a risk that you get injured, but the first guy drafted chose not to play football. Ballsy move. Real ballsy yep. move. And ever since then, obviously, there have been more and more players who have gotten drafted, and the, the draft has like expanded from there. So the Combine didn't exist until the 1970s. The Combine is where a bunch of players will go in to kind of do some of the drills that you see a bunch like the the 40 yard dash and different drills based on your position and then kind of grown more and more until how it is now where it is a massive event where it used to just be in a hotel and a bunch of people sitting around talking about it it is now a huge televised event and people tune in and get really really excited about it yeah if your town gets the nfl draft it's a big deal for your town because it's basically a it's a tourist thing now, even where you'll get football fans from all over the country who will just come in just to watch your team make a pick. They had it in Chicago one year and I went because, you know, if it's in Chicago, you'll go. But I'm not I would never demand we have the NFL draft here. I could see if you went to a college where the quarterback that you, you know, went to college with was going to be a first round pick mm. or something like that. That might be worth it, but yeah. I don't know. My football team never seems to do the right thing at the draft, so I would not. Well, the, the team with no name. <laughs> the t- a team that has no name, correct. Mm-hmm. I would personally would not spend time or money watching them do, do mostly anything, though. <laughs> we got any rookies that we feel like are going to blow it up this year? How are we feeling? You know what? Let's just start with the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. All six foot six, 213 pounds. 15 of those pounds are hair. Luxurious head of hair on Trevor Lawrence. Truly looks like, I may be wrong here, but in my brain, when I see him, it's almost as if Owen Wilson and Sunshine from Remember the Titans had a child. And that is Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) That is what I see when I look at his very long giraffe face oh you've done it oh that is incredible i love that you thought of that i just i see these things trevor lawrence is from clemson Mm -hmm. university and he was drafted by the jaguars all right he is a quarterback yes 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 so kind of obvious choice worst team always gets the best quarterbacks yeah the jaguars are more or less cursed they had like one year where they were good and other than that the struggle has been real in jacksonville Honestly, it's felt like since day one, it's crazy to think they've been around. It's got to be close to 25 years now. And they've, I think, been in the playoffs maybe four times, which is a bummer. But I think Trevor Lawrence could work out for them. It all depends on their brand new head coach, Tori's good, good friend, Urban Meyer. I hate. (laughs) I feel like whenever we do these things where it's like (laughs) we throw a little reference point in there, it's always like, and Tori hates this person. (laughs) I do hate Urban Meyer, mostly because of his fucking stupid ass name. (laughs) What are you, a a hot dog in a city? (laughs) Fuck you. Tori. A hot dog in a city. I'm never not going to think that now when I see Urban Meyer. Good Lord. You've ruined him for me. And that is now the name of this episode <laughs> is Hot Dog in the City. <laughs> yeah, truly the name of this episode is Hot Dog in the Little City. Because Je- I don't want to start talking shit about Jacksonville. Let's not do that. That's mean. They've gone through enough. They have to watch the Jaguars play. But 
Trevor Lawrence could be good. It just depends on if the organization will get it together. I mean, I just found this stat that is, to me, insane. The Jaguars have missed 12 of the past 13 seasons. Oh, my God. For, like, getting to the playoffs? That's right. Jesus. Oof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they think he's a once-in-a-decade guy, and we'll see. I think he can be that. I'm not the hugest college football guy, because this weird playing field for me in college football where, like, the good teams are just so good, and they beat up on most teams for the whole season, and then they play, like, then the 10 good teams end up finally playing each other, and you figure it out. In those moments, Trevor Lawrence has not backed away, not backed down, not looked shy, not looked small. He's played very good. Yeah, I think the regular season, he's never lost a game in the regular season. Oh, yeah, that's right. He only, he's only lost twice in college, and both times were, you know, the, the last game of the season. That is insane. I don't know how many people you can say that for. He didn't play all four years, right? He played like three? He played, yeah. He played three years, was behind somebody. He was behind Kelly Bryant on Clemson's depth chart. <laughs> Shout out to Kelly Bryant. And, <laughs> yeah, never thought we would give throw that name around out there, but... He was given, like, in the first couple of games, he and Kelly Bryant split times, and then he ended up taking over. But, yeah, his only losses are in the national championship game against LSU his sophomore year, and then the loss to Ohio State in the semifinal this past year. So, dude knows how to win, but we'll see if that happens in the NFL. A lot of people have been winners in college and then not played well in the NFL. But you forget he has the ultimate weapon now. Tight end Tim Tebow. Uh. <laughs> Tebow is back, baby. Tebow mania. Who may or may not actually be on the squad. At this point, he is still not confirmed that he'll be on the Honestly, squad. Honestly, I saw a picture of him in OTAs. Homeboy is swole. He better make a team. Good lord. It's like when a Pokemon starts out tiny and then evolves into a bigger, stronger one. That's what happened to Tim Tebow. I don't know what lit a fire under his ass to get in the fucking weight room and drank all the fucking protein but homeboy did it insane homeboy's arms i'll put a picture of it up on the instagram the good game pod but homeboy is dummy thick out here in these streets now so that's the ultimate weapon man when you're in that red zone inside that 20 yard line you just need a very short stout man with big old arms to catch a football for you tim tebow instead of him like kneeling for jesus when he scores now he'll just he'll do like a handstand or some shit <laughs> yeah. he'll like lift the field goal post or some weird shit <laughs> yes as like a cipher to the lord thanking him for these points <laughs> if you are not familiar with tim tebow he is a former heisman trophy winner for the university of florida so he's kind of coming back home just like jesus did <laughs> tim tebow loves the lord <laughs> The Lord would come back to Florida, you know? <laughs> I mean, if there was a place where Jesus needed to come back. <laughs> it's it is the great state of Florida. Yeah, Ooh. so Tim Tebow, things you need to know about him. He won the Heisman Trophy in college because he was very good. He played. Actually, he has more playoff wins than some NFL quarterbacks who make a lot of money. Tim Tebow did win a playoff game as a quarterback in the NFL. With his wacky ass throwing motion, he figured it out. He made it happen. But of course, you know, he wasn't the prototypical quarterback, so it kind of fell off. And then 
I don't know if you guys remember this. He had a pretty solid stint as a minor league baseball player with the New York Mets. Yes. And honestly, Tebow almost got to the big show, but was just short because he knew his calling was back in Jacksonville. He's like, I got to go back to Florida. New New York. New York's Mm -hmm. too much for me. (laughs) He's like, listen, New York doesn't need my help as much as Florida does. It's godless. It's godless (laughs) up here in New York. It's godless up here in New York, but I can I need to start first in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the Jaguars are going to be just fun. Whatever we watch, it'll be some great sports entertainment come this fall. Yeah, Ryan, rookie wise, who are you excited by? Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. Buckle up, guys! Come on, like, how can I not be so? So excited about Justin Fields. God damn it. How, how, how can you not be so excited about Justin Fields? He's glowing. I loved watching him in college. Also, little side note, if you haven't watched QB1 on Netflix, which is a great show, he was in QB1 talking about him going through high school, playing his senior year, and then making college decisions and things like that. And I remember watching that and thinking, like, wow, this dude's really good. And then he plays at Ohio State, so... The fact that I went to Illinois, he just beat up on Illinois relentlessly. Now he's playing for the Bears. I was so down in the dumps about the Chicago Bears after they signed big man Andy Dalton. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, did you say big man or old man? I said both of those things. When they signed him, I was fully prepared to not watch the Bears this season. I was, I'd given up. I was like, all right. The team is done. I'm not going to watch this here. And then they completely turned it around when they drafted him. So I'm I'm so excited for, for Justin Fields. Proof that the draft, in theory, can possibly change an entire organization in one fell swoop. The Bears were, as Ryan said, down bad. They made the playoffs last year, but... They shouldn't have. They didn't look great. Yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't have, but they, they did. Yeah, they fell into yeah. it. And it looked bad. They lost their first quarterback, who wasn't that great to begin with. And they just looked very directionless. All of Bears' Twitter basically wanted their GM and head coach gone. Yeah. Like, the pitchforks were out. But they were brought back. And boy, are they betting the house on Justin Fields. Ryan, I guess this is it, right? They have to make this work or they will be unemployed. Totally. Like, I was hopeful that they were going to do something like this. My faith in the Bears has never been great when it comes to the draft, because normally, Tori was saying with Washington before, like, the Bears normally screw it up. Exhibit A, Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) Uh, And that will forever go down in history as just, like, the worst draft choice after all the people (laughs) they skipped to take him. So with the Bears, I was like, all right, especially after signing Andy Dalton for an obscene amount of money that they did for, like, the one year, whatever, $14 million that they're giving him. Jesus. It reminded me of the absurd contract they gave to none other than Mike Glennon right before they drafted Mitch Trubisky. They gave him like two years, 20 mil or something like that. Ooh, I remember that. Haven't heard from him since. Right? And he played a couple of games and then Mitch took over. But when they signed Andy Dalton, I was like, all right, they are officially shutting it down. And everybody was calling for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy for both of them to just be gone. I'm still not a fan of either one of them. But this draft, when they traded up in the draft, which is something that you can do, you can trade to get up higher in the draft, get better picks, which is what the Bears did. They traded up to get this one, and then 
when they drafted Justin Fields, I felt like the city just erupted and everyone was so happy. Like this was the ideal pick for me from the beginning. Like if they can get Justin Fields, I'm, I'm in. And they did. And it was just, it was awesome. Well, I think it should also be mentioned too that from a psychological standpoint, when these teams kind of risk it all for one of these guys, it feels like the team rallies around that. They know that the fans got what they want and now expectations are high. Mm -hmm. And now you have kind of this like leader, especially with like the veterans that the Bears have too, that can help kind of foster him into the NFL. I wish you the best, Ryan, is what I'm saying. Wish you the best. Thank you. I I appreciate that. Ryan, you know me. I'll never root against a Justin. (laughs) So, I mean, I hope it goes well for him. Mostly because, Ryan, we won't play until the playoffs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, we got a long time. We'll see you at the end. For the, the GM and the coach, if they didn't do something like this, they were gone. It was definitive, like, regardless of how the season turned out, they were gone. So, like, the fact they did this, they did bet the house on, on him. But I also think that everybody in Chicago is happy that they bet the house on him. So, fingers crossed, see you guys down the road. But we'll see. I'm not in any sense thinking, like, oh, the Bears are going to do amazing things this year. It's like, well, well, we'll see what happens. But for people who are maybe not as familiar with the quarterback position in general... It is, of course, the leader of the team more times than not. And there has been a slow and steady shift in basically the prototypical quarterback. They kind of used to be very tall, strong arm guys who didn't really move well. But I think the thing that makes Justin Fields, or at least what the Bears hope will make Justin Fields great, is not only does he have a tremendous arm, he's incredible top end speed. Like, he's just super fast. (laughs) And which... When you have an O-line like the Bears, you're going to need some of that. You're going to need to get around. You're going to need to scramble. You're going to need to figure out ways to extend plays. And that is something that he, at least in college, excelled at. And Ohio State is, as much as I hate them, one of those colleges that is tailor-made for a guy to make a transition to the NFL. Yeah. All those things, too, along with the fact that like he is insanely smart. I don't know if you guys saw when... There was like an aptitude test that has been administered to a bunch of professional athletes. And out of 6,500, Justin Fields scored in the top 1% on this aptitude test. Like, dude is ridiculously smart in the sense that like, you know, unfortunately, most of the Bears players who have been selected to go into that quarterback position are not necessarily a smart or b gifted physically in any sense so the fact that now we have somebody who is better far and away like he's already arguably the best quarterback in bears history (laughs) (laughs) he hasn't even taken a snap yet and he's already like in the conversation as best quarterback in bears history so like that's how bad it's been for us so that is why i am so excited for him I hope this excitement continues for you. The only thing is now when you get the Bears, a team that has such a loyal fan base that has been wanting a return to greatness for so long is the bar is going to be high. And I feel like patience is going to be short. Yeah. But but I hope it doesn't catch up with him in that way because he's new. He knew here. I mean, he's one of the only people that we can rally behind right now. So I I'm Mm. 100% on his team. I'll follow him, whatever he does. I don't, coaching GM they don't know what they're doing I trust Justin Fields more than I trust anybody in our front office can I just say real quick Tori before I go to you because I want to hear who you've had your eye on coming out of that draft in the first round but how can we get our hands on that test for real I would love that I'm just curious 
I'm sure anyone listening would want to just go through it. I definitely want to go through it just to see yeah. how dumb I really am. I really want to know. Are you dumber than a quarterback? New show, baby. Ooh, that's a good game <laughs> show. You should host that. Coming to NBC next fall. <laughs> what up? Coming to NBC Sports Network. <laughs> Coming to Spike TV. Are you <laughs> dumber oh than a quarterback? God, Spike <laughs> TV. Yikes. That's a throwback. Jesus Christ. Well, Ryan, I just want to tell you, I, I wish you the best. And I just want I just want you to say, whatever you do, don't say Robert Griffin the third three times in front Ooh, of a mirror no. anytime soon, okay? We don't we don't need that energy for you. All right. For for Mr. Fields. All right. Thank, thank you guys for for your support. I, I will be as I will be as quiet as possible when it comes to it doesn't seem anything as related he's to able him. to have a cool acronym like RG three did. So maybe that's a good thing. That is, yeah. <laughs> Tori, what you got? Well, we all know my deeply rooted disdain for the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. We we know this. We know this. Not a surprise. And I have to say, the only the only thing that I don't like about Devonte Smith is that he is now an eagle. Ooh, wow. Everything else about him, pretty incredible. Six feet, 170 pounds out of Alabama. He is a wide receiver. And the interesting thing about this pick is Devontae and Jalen Hurts, who is Philly's current quarterback, played together at Alabama. So this was just such a smart pick because Hurts has struggles to find targets and now Devontae is just the perfect target for this team. He's a feel for soft spots in the zone. He's great in traffic. He's just like the perfect wide receiver. So, you know, fuck the Eagles even harder now. Wow. It's crazy. You're rooting for him because you're going to have to see a lot of him. I know. Twice. This season. Since you love the team with no name. But, you know, I really think it's important, Justin, to really get to know your enemies. I did read that in The Art of War. Right, in The Art of War. It's important. But I have to throw it to Devontae Smith. He's just an incredible wide receiver. And Mm -hmm. if he played for any other team, I would be really excited to see what he's going to (laughs) do. And that's what I will say about that. I was going to say, the funny thing about the Philadelphia Eagles is, for as long as I can remember, they have always been relatively successful in spite of a receiver. I feel like the only receivers that I really remember they've ever had that have been consistently good was like when Terrell Owens in like the 2000s was there for a spell. Other than that, I, I don't know if you guys remember, there's the classic clip of like, they're doing street interviews on the news in Philadelphia. And the guy talks about catching like a baby coming out of a window or something like that. And they're interviewing him and he's like, oh, you know, I just I just pretended it was I had to make that catch. Unlike Aguilar. Oh, yeah, I remember that. In reference to Nelson Aguilar, who is a former Eagles receiver. Savage. Like, you know, it's bad when citizens on the street are talking shit about you. On the news. Yeah. In a totally unrelated manner. Right. About like a potential death of a child. They've somehow. Yeah. Swung all the way around to make it about the Eagles offense. Yeah. Unlike Spinzo. that bomb Aguilar. I'm like, God, <laughs> yeah. imagine being Aguilar and seeing that. Who was talking about him? Yeah. yeah. Who was saying He's that? like, so yeah. we are not talking about right. football. Oh, God. But, but do you remember... But do, I, I, yeah, I saved a baby. But do you remember when and he I dropped that also, pass? Like, wasn't that like the year after they won the Super Bowl or something? I think so. Short <laughs> memory. 
Yeah, they won the Super Bowl, and he's still like, but I don't know, week three, that dropped pass, man. Yeah, he's like, but how many did he drop? I hate to be the bad guy here, because I do think Devonta Smith is going to be good. Because if you come from Alabama, for some strange reason, you're just, just the good. elite of elite when it comes for football. Like, they have a laundry list of Alabama guys that are been in the league a long time, still in this league doing great things but you said 170 that's that's not a large man in the football world that's that's a cause for concern i i don't know i feel like in in the case of a wideout mm-hmm. like him like i see him like a like a santana moss or something right like quick just gets gets the out there you know what i mean and doesn't have to use weight necessarily to avoid bigger guys i think he he kind of whips around back there near the end zone and i think i think that's okay that's where i think we're gonna see a lot of that unfortunately and to that point too i mean antonio brown is only 185 so like the fact that he's only that and he was able to you know be the most dominant receiver in the league for a few years like i i agree i think Devontae smith is gonna be insanely good I'm hopeful for him, but yeah. we'll have to see. Quick what question happens. for you both, then, since we're talking about receivers. Because taken a little bit before him was Jamar Chase by the Bengals, who slowly but surely are trying to work their way out of being a laughing stock. God bless them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what's interesting about both of these guys, too, is that they're both going to be playing mm-hmm. with their college quarterbacks. Jamar Chase right. went to LSU, Joe Burrow, LSU, like both had insane seasons together. And then Devontae Smith, you know, with Jalen Hurts. So if, if anything, like these two have very real chances of, you know, having great seasons because mm-hmm. they have that history with the starting quarterback already. It's already built in. So it's, it's going to be cool because you don't really get to see that very often. People come in and play yeah. with their college teammates and now two of the best receivers in college are now coming in with two starting mm-hmm. quarterbacks who they played with in the past. So I think that's going to be really cool yeah. to I see the chemistry the immediately. With Jamar and the Bengals is actually just getting the ball to Jamar mm. in the sense that I think the Bengals lack an O-line. So I think Burrow has a really hard time. I think Joe Burrow would agree with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would agree strongly. <laughs> I, I think his busted ass knee would agree with you that they don't have an offensive line. Right. So that's that's my only thing is like if, if Burrow connects with him, with Jamar, then that's mm-hmm. great. It's just, does the ball leave Burrow's mm-hmm. hands is my concern. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers to Cincinnati for, in that regard. For real. For real. I know it is way too early. Training camp hasn't even technically started. OTAs just wrapped up. But if you had to make a bet, let's just do offense. Who do you think is going to be rookie of the year this year? Ryan, I will start with you. I think Devontae Smith is going to be rookie of the year. I really think he's got kind of the whole setup ready for him there and how good he was in college coming off the Heisman I I think getting Heisman trophy and everything I think he's I think he's poised to have a really good shot at rookie of the year Tori who do you think well Ryan I think it's gonna be your boy Justin Fields and I feel that way because I think the Bears are just so excited to let him go off and to give him every tool that he needs because it's high stakes and if when it's high stakes for the front office Mm -hmm. usually they set him up with what they need like I said so I think I think he's got everything kind of the universe seems to be with Justin Fields this this season 
Okay, okay. I love that pick. I would love to pick the same thing, but I literally said like 10 minutes ago that I was going to be very quiet on my predictions on Justin Fields, so I'm going to just go ahead and I got you, Ryan. back I got myself you. out of worry. that one. Thank you for picking it. I'm putting myself in the back for that one. What do you think, Justin? Okay, so hear me out. While I do think it probably will end up being Devontae Smith, I have to say, I think a guy who's going to come on very strong and do very well, especially due to very recent events is Cal Pitts, the tight end going to the Atlanta Falcons from Florida. And I say this because he was already a very scary tight end coming out of this. The idea that this guy is out here running 4440s at 6'6", 245 is terrifying. And now that essentially the Falcons have lost their greatest offensive player of all time in Julio Jones, somebody's got to get these extra targets. And it could be Cal Pitts. If he plays his cards right, who's gonna throw him the ball? I mean, it'll. That's that's where it gets tricky. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's always where it gets that's, tricky. That's though, where guys. it gets tricky. We're putting our faith in Matt Ryan. Please. I mean, <laughs> Matt Ryan. You know, he's he's had good years. He's had. I feel like Matt Ryan has this weird thing where he alternates years. He has a shitty year, then he has a bad year, then he has a shitty year, then he has a great year. So he's due. He's due, right? <laughs> Last year he was shit. The year before he was great. The year before that he was shit. And then the year before they were in the Super Bowl. So he's just, he's yeah. the king of inconsistency. If this is a good year, it'll be because of Kyle Pitts. They're still going to lose a lot of games, though. All right. Well, can't wait to uh, <laughs> to take this back in a year. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what have I done? Honestly, if Kyle Pitts, if Kyle Pitts, Pitts gets over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. I would say that's a very successful rookie year. If the Falcons end up in the Super Bowl, we're buying you a drink, Jess. They're not <laughs> doing. Come on, they're not doing. Even I know that. I'm not delusional, but I will say, if Cal Pitts doesn't get a thousand yards and eight touchdowns, I'll buy you both a drink. All right. I All right. love it. I love it too. We have already started gambling on the show. Second episode. Only in. took only took one. <laughs> we were too much at each other's throats in the first episode to do any gambling. So I think uh, I think now is the appropriate time to right. uh, to to start it. So cool. And if if Justin Fields wins Rookie of the Year, I will buy you both a drink. Ooh. All right. That seems like everybody wins. I agree. And Ryan, I'm sure that will be after you've had several drinks. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, here's what I'd like us to do next. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to round Robin. Go around. Mm-hmm. I want to hear which team do you guys believe had an overall great draft, just great picks down the board. Mm-hmm. Okay. And which team you think blew it. All right. So, Justin, I'm going to go to you first. Ooh, what do you think? Fun, fun, fun. I can't believe I'm actually saying this. But put me on the bandwagon, baby. The Cleveland Browns are making moves. They had a great run last year. They got very far in the playoffs, honestly, without their best receiver. And I feel like they filled a lot of gaps in the defensive end, which they're going to have to do if they want to slow down teams like Kansas City and like Buffalo, who are so talented offensively. I mean, first round, they came right out the gate, grabbed Greg Newsom, cornerback out of Northwestern. I think he's going to be... Very good. He's going to immediately make an impact. Second round, they go with a linebacker. And they did. They picked up another linebacker through the draft. They picked up a defensive tackle. This team already has Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. 
I think they're trying to fill in these little gaps that they need to take that next step because they're already there. They made the playoffs. They got over that hump. Of, they're no longer the Browns that we all knew and made fun of. This is their time now to actually be like, no, that wasn't a fluke. We're here for real. And I think they made some picks that put them in position to actually make that a reality. All right. I like what you're saying. I agree. I think the Browns proved last year that they're for real. And I think they I think they did have a great draft. And I think they did. A, I think also they, they proved that they're for real. But I think we had very clear indicators of where the holes were yeah. and it feels like they filled them mm-hmm. right like objectively you know mm-hmm. so yeah i think yeah i agree i think i think the browns had a great draft what's going to be interesting to watch about the browns this year now is they had a great season last year so no one's going to overlook them anymore it's going to be those things where it's not just going to be something where mm-hmm. guys put a w on the calendar when the browns come up they're going to get the best games out of a lot of teams now and to see if they can prove that they're as good as they think they are yeah Who's your blue it here, Jess? Man, this team has had a weird couple months, man. And it just got weirder at this fucking draft. So first of all, I got to start with, typically there are seven rounds in the draft. This team had six picks and really not any of them made much sense to me. The New Orleans Saints are just, they are a team in flux. They seem very confused without Drew Brees. I don't know what is about to happen. I know a lot of people want to believe in Jameis Winston, but... I I just don't see it, and <laughs> their picks were very odd to me. They drafted Peyton Turner in their first round pick. He's a defensive end out of Houston, but I feel like they had the 20th pick, so you don't always have the cream of the crop that late, but had other holes that needed to be filled, and I feel like they took some chances that I hope weren't, but I just don't know what this team's identity is now without Drew Brees. So it'll be very interesting to see how the picks work out and just what that team looks like on the field. Yeah, I don't think they know who they are without Drew Brees either, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a real interesting breakup. You know, Drew Brees is thriving. He's going to have a, like a TV job somewhere, be real nice and cushy, and the Saints are just going to look, they're going to go through it for a little bit. Absolutely. All right, Ryan, who you got? You know, I, I have to say, I think the Bears had a great draft. <laughs> I, I really do. They Surprise, surprise. Hot take from Ryan. You guys knew that was coming. Obviously, Justin Fields, we already talked about him. I know it was great. They also got two offensive linemen, which they desperately need because their O-line has been trash for so long. They also picked up a wide receiver. It, for the most part, they picked up people that they needed. They needed another defensive back, which they picked up too. So I... For the first time, I can look at this draft and be like, wow, the Bears really picked what they needed, which obviously super biased. But <laughs> at the same point, I'm like, I'm I'm so happy I for what the team needed. I think they they did great. Yeah. And for for those listening, when we say things like they, they picked what the team needed, sometimes, you know, we talk about like these quarterbacks and these huge names that we hear coming out of college football and often you know, that's not what a team needs. A team kind of needs a defensive tackle or something like that, you know, and it's it's really satisfying when your team doesn't just go for the big names, the thing that's going to get them press and make them money and get them, you know, get people to watch games. It's very, very satisfying when your team does go with just the hole that needed to be filled. Mm-hmm. And I think Ryan, that's that's what you're talking about here yeah. as well as getting a great yeah. quarterback. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm excited that they got 
offensive linemen. Like I'm, I'm like, they finally picked up offensive <laughs> linemen, which is in no way a glamorous position mm-hmm. in the NFL. But I, I was like, yeah, with their, you know, second and third picks, they got two solid O linemen who I hope end up developing to play really well. Yeah, I mean, so who do you think blew it? And again stereotypical bears fan but Uh-oh. i genuinely think the packers blew it uh <laughs> yeah. surprise but you look at who they drafted too and you you don't necessarily wonder why aaron Rodgers is pissed like you you look at you look at who they picked up and it's like they you pick up these guys like your your, your first round draft pick you're gonna pick up a, a defensive back it's like, mm-hmm. all right, this guy's been complaining because he needs help, and yeah. it doesn't feel like the Packers front office did anything to help him out. Like they did, they did draft like they drafted a center, they drafted a couple of offensive linemen too. But it's also like I don't know what they were doing to necessarily help him out. Like mm-hmm. they did draft some offensive guys, but it wasn't they didn't make any moves that were like it seemed very exciting for that team. So Aaron Rodgers has a right to be pissed and we'll see what his career ends up doing too. Yeah. Um, so. is, is he coming back? What's that? Like, it's too soon to tell, but real quick, just Tori, does he come back? Yes or no? Yes. Ooh, Ryan, does he come back? I think he does. I think he finishes, I think he finishes like this next season and then he, then he calls it and go somewhere else because I, I don't remember how long he has left on his contract does he have is it like this last year or i don't remember i forget how it is exactly but i know he was in the process of trying to negotiate a new deal because he wanted to be there but i mean it's not it i feel like with every growing day that goes without something being done it just you get more and more worried and i think he's so valid it's like he's the only not the only one, but he's he's the most consistent player on the team, and it feels like he's not getting any appreciation for that financially. That's got to be frustrating. I think he'll stay. If he doesn't stay, I think I think if he stays, it's for one more year. I think if he leaves, that is totally a valid move, and I would love to see him on my television hosting Jeopardy <laughs> in lieu of only seeing him on Sundays. Okay. That's what I'll say about that. If the Jeopardy role isn't available, could he also be available to host Are You Smarter Than a Quarterback? Ooh. Just saying. Man, did we just paint Aaron Rodgers' next career? Guys, we got to write this show. Hey, Spike TV better give us some royalties, Sla- man. <laughs> Spike TV isn't a thing anymore. <laughs> Stop it. Hey, the revival. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, I am... I'm very proud of a team that I previously had little to no opinions about. And that is the Detroit Lions. I believe that the Detroit Lions really nailed it draft-wise. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. I'm only laughing just because I love the fact that you literally don't give a shit about... Like, you hate you hate the Eagles, but the Lions are like, eh, I guess. I just don't really care about the Lions. Yeah. I mean, most people don't. I just, they've never posed a great threat to my own team. <laughs> or anyone's team, to be fair. Or anyone's team. I, I Hey, great respect for the for the city of Detroit. Yeah. Don't 
never really given a shit about their football team. But they really packed their line. They started out in the first round here with Panay Sewell, which was a great pick out of Oregon, followed by Levi Onzerike, and he is defensive tackle out of Washington in the second round. Third round, Aleem McNeil, another defensive tackle out of North Carolina State. And the very specific reason why I love I love these first three picks is because from everything we've heard, they are really working Jared Goff, who previously mediocre quarterback coming from the Rams to Detroit here. And they also have a new offensive coordinator in Detroit this upcoming season in Anthony Lynn. And rumors on the internet are that Jared Goff is really performing in Lynn's system. So I think if you kind of are really kind of breeding this quarterback into this new system, it makes so much sense to kind of pack the O-line with rookies who are ready to learn the system too. I'm sorry, pack the O-line and the defensive line as well. But And then they came out with a corner in Ifiatu Melfanu, I believe is uh, how you pronounce that, which I love. I think a cornerback is one of the most important players on the field. And I think... Anytime, I think a, I think there's, I don't think there's any time where packing the secondary isn't smart. You know, I think they're so prone to injury and getting a young guy in there in the corner there, I think is really smart. And if you, I mean, going down the line, they picked mm-hmm. up a wide receiver rookie there, I believe, let's see, in the fourth round. So yeah, I believe, I think that, I, I just feel like they really, they really did a good job if they really want to kind of come out with this new offense. So that's my thought with the Lions. So I don't know if I'll ever put this much thought into the Lions ever again, but mm-hmm. we did it today. <laughs> I can't wait for three years from now when the Lions on the verge of the Super Bowl, you have to come back <laughs> and talk about how you I know. hate them. Because, because I know. they knocked out Washington football team in you know the, the <laughs> NFC championship game. And Jared Goff is like the yeah. best quarterback in the league. Can you imagine if that was the oh, NFC God. championship game? Washington versus Detroit. Oof. It'd be like, good Oof, Lord, Oof, what God. happened to our league? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? If that's the case, neither team deserved it. Something <laughs> wildly. Something went askew. Okay, <laughs> truly. Yeah. So the team that that really blew it, I believe. That's got to be the Texans. <laughs> just this year? Just the draft or the whole just, year? Uh, good God. The whole year. They're really – I don't know if there's a team with a worse offseason <laughs> than, than the Houston yeah. Texans. Mm-hmm. They they didn't get a pick until the third round. Woof. And they chose Davis Mills. Davis no disrespect, but I hate that name. Yeah, I hate... You know how you talk about how people have two first names? This individual has two last names. <laughs> Davis Mills is a quarterback out of Stanford. Okay, smart. Very smart. And a wholly, wholly mediocre quarterback out of Stanford as well, I have to say. The important thing to mention here, for those who don't know, is the starting quarterback for the Texans, Deshaun Watson. We found out this year that he's a monster. He has 20 allegations of sexual assault. And rising. Yeah. But the terrible irony in that is that they found, basically the franchise found out about that too late. 
and could not release Deshaun Watson. So he is still on their roster. Will he touch a football this season? I highly doubt that. But they do have... They do have his backup, which is Tyrod Taylor. I love Tyrod. I love Tyrod Taylor too. And I think he's yeah. I think he's a fine guy to rely on. Mm-hmm. Essentially, from every sports pundit <laughs> that I've read, they're basically saying that getting a quarterback in the third round, like the Texans should have done anything else. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> it, it should have been like, and the Houston Texans select pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're, we're good. They're like the Houston Texans have elected to take a vacation right this year. yeah like just skip us can you just skip skip us this round please we'd like to donate our picks to charity <laughs> right exactly no no, no. C- come back to me come back to me I'll, yeah. I'll think of and something. I mean like they could have in that same round they had Jalen Mayfield they could have picked which would have been a really valuable offensive tackle and then Aaron Robinson too so you could have created some tools there some protection for Tyrod, but instead you just, you picked, you know, double last name Davis over here for essentially no reason. That's a pretty good nickname though, double last name Davis. Thank you so much. I don't know if you did that intentionally, but that's good. I didn't work on that at all. So thank you very much. Appreciate that. (laughs) There you go. So yeah, the Texans been blowing it and oh boy, it's going to be I don't want to get on it too long, but good Lord, the Houston Texans in the process of what feels like 12 months have lost DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, and hopefully we never see Deshaun Watson again. Yeah, that's my hope as well. Talk about talk about an imploding organization. This may sound like a joke, but man, that 30 for 30 is going to be nuts in a couple years on that. Because <laughs> my <laughs> God, like what a collapse. I can't. Oh, I'm tuning in. I can't wait. Also, I just feel so, I feel kind of so sorry. I mean, in the same way, I mean, he's very easy to make fun of, but uh, double last name Davis over here. What just a shitstorm to walk into. Like, Ooh. imagine walking to that like like that locker room being like, hey guys, so excited to be here. And they're like, yeah, we're not. <laughs> like, ugh. What a, I mean, nowhere to go but up, I guess, for double last name Davis. <laughs> just after this spurt about him, I hope that he has a good year. <laughs> I hope that he personally, I hope that he personally, double last name Davis, has a great year just based on us talking about him right now. Yeah, I hope this is the gas he needs because he didn't have it at Stanford. <laughs> yeah, man, because this guy, because this guy is, <laughs> oh, yo, he's, he is tuning in to the Good Game podcast and we are gassing him up right now, man. The the hottest podcast he is. Davis, you better save this franchise. <laughs> Listen. Double last name Davis, if you pull a last dance and take this personally, you're welcome. For real. Pull a last dance, Take Davis. it personal. Now, I, can, I just had to look. Is Davis his first name or his last name? It's his first name. I'm now, we're just going to follow him throughout the season now. You know that, right? Yeah, we're, we should do Davis updates. Oh, yeah, we're going to do Davis. Oh, my God, I just Googled a picture of him. Good Lord. Look <laughs> at this CW actor looking motherfucker right here. <laughs> hey, yo. for real dude homie doesn't look Uh, like he plays quarterback he looks like he rides motocross like oh my (laughs) lord once again i hope he takes all this personal it's fine he's richer than i'll ever be yeah so there you go oh boys wow (laughs) justin i'm I'm looking i'm looking him up right now please do please hurry 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 hurry. look at the picture google gives you it's a great pick yeah. It looks like a QB1 photo. Like I'm like when did they take this? Oh my god, dude. This 
this guy neck for days oh, it's like, <laughs> he does have oh a long God, ass neck my god <laughs> yeah. hey yo neck for days man dude it's like a, I bet that I bet that gives a him a lot of... CW actor. Tell me he doesn't oh look god. like he would be on a CW that was the drama. Thing. I dare you. Oh my god, dude, he's on a Hallmark movie coming out. Oh yeah, he's the guy who comes back into town. It's been so long since he's been back to Christmasville, and things have changed. People are learning too much about me again in this episode. So let's wrap up. Well, gang, that'll do it for another episode of Good Game. Thank you all so much for listening in. Please come back. We have so much that we have to cover here over the next couple months. Summer is a perfect time to get outside, and it's also a perfect time for sports. We've got the MLB All-Star Break. We've got the Olympics. We've got the WNBA. We've got Stanley Cup playoffs. We've got so much that we want to cover and talk about, so we hope you come back soon and give us a listen. Pretty much Anywhere you listen to podcasts, that's where you can find us. Just search Good Game, and I promise we will be there. And also, if you want to keep up with the nonsense we are going to be making out there on the internet, we have an Instagram. It is The Good Game Pod, where we will have plenty of jokes about Davis Mills, Tory's now second favorite quarterback of all time. (laughs) Oh, God. Double last name, double long neck, baby. (laughs) (laughs) He's got an extendo. May he reign, okay? Oh, my God. Get your boom mics ready. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for him to become a pro bowler and us all to feel awful. Ah, he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be all right. He's a white man who went to Stanford. He'll be okay. Yeah, I think he'll he'll make it through. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll, he'll be okay. Speaking of white men, Ryan, what's your Instagram <laughs> handle, buddy? Ryan.Litman. I didn't even have to look it up this time. Nailed it. Ooh, he studied this time, Tori. <laughs> he studied. <laughs> I am at ToriWin1 on Instagram. And I am Swin underscore Swin underscore. Guys, that is going to do it for this episode of Good Game. It's been fun. We are out of here. The game, baby. Bye, y'all. Bye. Perfect. This neck is so <laughs> Good game is produced by Tori Wynn, Ryan Lipman, and Justin Swinson, who also handles the show's editing. Our theme music was made by Mamba Beats. You can follow Good Game on Instagram at the Good Game Pod or visit our webpage at thetridentnetwork.com slash good-game-pod. Good Game is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. 